I'm Adam Ock, a 40-something temporarily former film critic, and we're about to watch a 1940s Christmas movie where everybody talks like this. I'm Melanie, we're at 20... I, hold on, wait. Because I, that entire time I was entranced by your voice and I did not come up with what I was going to say. I'm Melanie Weir, a 27-year-old former theater major, and I wish I could do as good a transatlantic accent as Maureen O'Hara. This is kind of turning British. <laughs> and we're about to make you watch... A podcast. 23 Skidoo! Welcome back to Made You Watch a Podcast, and it's the holiday season, folks, and it's Mel's time to take over for the beginning of December. Well, it's technically November 30th. Yeah, it is, but, but it might as well we be We had to record season. this before Thanksgiving because math and time and editing. <laughs> that and, you know what? There's already Christmas shit in the store, so who cares? <laughs> I need to... I also need to tell you that we're recording in Will's apartment right now, and he just did, <laughs> the way he just tried to tiptoe by so the floors wouldn't creak. Oh, that's funny. Um, oh, so it was your choice to pick the first Christmas movie, Mel. What did you pick? I picked Miracle on 34th Street, the original. The original. And now I'm going to, to try to make up for the horrible job I did in that intro. I'm going to try to talk with a transatlantic accent from much of this intro to show you that I can, in fact, do it, and I was just on the spot. Way to go, doll. You did a great job. Thank you. News on the march. <laughs> now we're sort of turning into beat reporters. Um, yeah, I chose Miracle on 34th Street, the 19... What, what, what is it? 43? 47. 47. I thought so it was this did come out after It's a Wonderful Life then, because I think that was 46, or maybe that was 43, and I'm mixing them up entirely. Uh, let's see. It's a wonderful life. That is my favorite Christmas movie of all time. Uh, that unfortunately, 1946. I was right, it was 46! There you go. I yelled, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Um, yeah, so I recommended this. This is one of my favorite Christmas movies, and I always forget that it's one of my favorite Christmas movies, because like, it's never on anymore. I feel like it's on TCM like twice a year. Yeah, and since the remake. Yeah, they always put, and I always get excited, I'm like, oh, Miracle on 34th Street is on, and then they put that one, and I'm like, this isn't the same and i love mara wilson yeah. as an actress i love everybody in it it's just it feels so corporate yeah it doesn't have it doesn't it have wasn't even magic. macy's it was cole's it was cole it was cole's oh, that old if help. i'm remembering correctly <laughs> i i didn't want to curse on the christmas episode but jesus that we can, maybe we should start bleeping it when we curse so the kids yeah. can still listen oh the kids I don't, I, I don't know. I have young cousins who would maybe like to listen to the show. <laughs> That's true. Not that they can't so, hear cursing, but I'm sure their parents don't love it. So this movie is kind of a procedural comedy. How yeah, it's a, it's an interesting movie. It's one of those movies that's like, it doesn't try to sell itself as anything because that's not yeah. what movies were trying to do back then. It's just like, it, it could have been a play. It could have been a play. It could be a play. Why didn't we ever do this at Seton Hall? That would have been a good play. Actually. Oh, it would have been so cute. <laughs> Everybody could talk like this. When they asked me to direct the Christmas show, I, I mean, I got my show got moved anyway, but I should have picked this one. That would have been a good one. <laughs> then the second time I see, we turned Bound into a, into a show. It became a show. We yeah. Said, I'm sure there's already a play version of Miracle sure on 34th Street. I wouldn't be surprised there isn't a musical. I, 
There's a musical of a Christmas story. There's a musical of everything. There doesn't need to be a musical of this, though. That's what's beautiful. It is such a play, and it, it, it it's just one of those movies that it's like a movie. It's like a good yeah. old movie, and it's all about the plot. It's like one of those bringing up baby things. Yeah, and everybody's goddamn charming in this oh, movie. Oh, so charming. You got, uh, they're not overly attractive, but they're not under. Like, they're 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 well, they're Marino. passively attractive. Marino, Marino Harris smoking. She's, too, she's, she's a smoke She's smoking. She's, she's a 40s doll. But, oh, like, yeah. you know, the guy is, I mean... I think he's John, hot. John Payne plays. But I tend to like slices of white bread. <laughs> he looks like Professor Utonium. <laughs> Can I tell you something? I had such a huge crush on Professor Utonium. That's why I said it, because I knew you did. <laughs> he does. <laughs> so you have um, Edmund uh, Gwen playing Chris Kringle, and he thinks... Oh, he was so cute. ...that he's literally Santa Claus, and that's the premise of the of the film. He comes up at the beginning, he's tapping on the glass, this guy's arranging... A shopkeeper's just arranging random reindeer in a window. Yeah. How this man knew which individual random reindeer toy was supposed to represent his real reindeer, I will never know. Yeah. But he taps on the glass, he's like, you're doing it wrong. You're making a mistake. Cupid would be on my right side. <laughs> And Blitzen has an extra point on his horns, although I don't suppose anybody would notice that except me. <laughs> that was a cute scene. That it was, was adorable. And the old man was being, the shopkeeper was being so mean. He's like, is that right? Yeah. All right, get, the, get out like, of here. Crazy, crazy old man. Crazy old bastard. So um, he shows up at the beginning of the Macy's Day Parade, and he's just kind of checking everything out. Just chilling. And it's, you know, it's Thanksgiving morning, and he comes up to the Santa float, and Santa is blitzed. He's like just talking to the guy normal for a couple minutes and he's like, what does your breath smell like? Oh god, you have been drinking. A fella's gotta do something to keep warm. something to keep warm. <laughs> that guy's voice was so familiar and I couldn't find him in the credits. He uh, sounded like some voice actor. He I sounds like a cartoon, day. yeah. Yeah, I was like, I was like, did he play like in an old cartoon that I've heard of? I Who's have no to idea. Say? So, Maureen O'Hara is the woman who puts together the Macy's Day Parade every year. She's a big shot. Yeah, and she doesn't even stick Look around Look at her female it. executive in 1947. Oh, yeah, and she's a bit of like a, a stick in the mud. Oh, yeah. She was left by her husband uh, when her daughter... Was like a baby. They got divorced. Her daughter, uh, Susan Walker, was played by Natalie Wood. Yeah. Young Natalie Wood. Very young. She, baby. She was great. She... They, Good kid acting in this film. Oh yeah, the kids were adorable in this movie. They were because you know what they they like they trained the kids as actors, which like I know yeah. they still do. Yeah, but it's like they didn't dumb down the acting techniques, which meant that like the kids that you could get for movies had to be really smart and really really good. Yeah, I mean this is still a time when people talk like this in films and things like that, and they projected a little louder because they're used to theater. Yeah, exactly. You know, so when so the you, kids were theatrical too. Yeah, and and. It felt very um, Charlie Brown. Yeah, like it was. It was less like, can this kid look cute and smile cute on camera, and more like, okay, yeah. does this kid have personality? Now you know why Charlie, why why the Charlie Brown kids talk like that, right? The original guy, from what I had heard, talked the, like what? They all kind of are stuttered when they talk, Charlie Brown. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. They do that because the original casting guy, when he would get the kids to read. He would say everything succinctly to them, and they just copied them, and it became their style. That's so. So they cute. just kept it up over the years. So that's why they always tell the kids say every word succinctly, Charlie Brown, and that's that's the story. Behind that's that. adorable. <laughs> Isn't that cute? So now you got um, John uh, John Payne playing Fred Gailey, who is Maureen O'Hara and uh, Natalie Wood's neighbor. 
and he has a he see, can basically see right on the parade route. They both can. It's like their apartments do this weird kind of U shape thing yeah. where they can also see across into each other's windows and wave hello. Yeah. So Maureen O'Hara came home and she's like, you know, where, where's my daughter? And she's like, oh, she's over there and she can see into the apartment and she's just watching the parade with the man across the way waved her over and yeah. we said it would be okay. They've gone up there. They're fond of each other. Yeah. So she goes over to pick up her daughter and you kind of get a sense of they're having this the the daughter and um. Mr. Galey are having a conversation about Santa Claus and fairy tales. and the, That like, man who's as big as Jack and the Beanstalk. The Jack and the Beanstalk like, story. And she's never heard fairy tales because her mother is very Pragmatist. much... Pragmatist. Yeah, she's... Everything is literal She's and, the dad from Enchanted. And it's because she's basically, you know, don't hope for things. Little girls grow up believing in fairy tales and soon enough they believe in Prince Charming and then Prince Charming comes along and he's actually, well... I believe we were talking about Susan, Ms. Walker. <laughs> I've never met my dad. They got divorced when I was a baby. Uh, just very much expository. <laughs> it, it's like scene. it didn't bother her a bit. The kid's very robotic. Oh, she's very straightforward in the beginning. Like she doesn't, she doesn't like fairy tales. She doesn't like make believe. There's a Claus big parade float guy, and the man's yeah. like, "Oh, that must be a giant." She's like, "Giants aren't real. Sometimes people grow very large, but that's abnormal." That's the cutest line. <laughs> <laughs> what a psychotic little thing to say. I, it's so cute. I knew, I, I, I've known many kids like that. From the mouths of babes. <laughs> so, when I was four, I knew the word phalanges. Phalange? Oh, fingers, right? Yeah, yeah, finger bones. <laughs> I knew that because of this movie that uh, Sam Jackson did where he is a school teacher in a, in a gang school. It's called uh, 187. And this gang leader is messing with him, so he cuts the gang leader's finger off. And in class, he goes, today we're going to learn about phalanges. Everybody wave your hands in the air. And the kid is missing a finger. Christ. It is a messed up movie. Back to Miracle on 34th Street. Sorry, I had to throw that one in there. Oh, I got to have something twisted at Christmas. <laughs> I really want to see that Violent Night movie. Oh, my God. That uh, David Harbour movie yeah. where he's beating up John Leguizamo. Let us, know, let us know on Twitter if you want us to do a Patreon episode. We will buy tickets to see the movie if you want to pay for the episode. I, I don't know. I'll the, probably see the movie It's anyway. probably at the Draft House. We'll go see Let's it. be real. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but also, episode. Anyway. So, Maureen O'Hara is uh, talking to uh, her neighbor and... Basically, he set this all up because he goes, well, I'm very <laughs> fond of your daughter, and I thought it would be a good way to get to know you better. Oh, what an awful trick. Yes, but it worked. I think that's one of those, <laughs> is that one of those ways that people flirted back then? I, well, yeah. Like, I really can't stay. <laughs> You're not going anywhere. Jesus Christ. <laughs> well, that's how the song is George. looked at now. Oh, yes, we have George, the other podcat here today. The other podcat? Oh, my God. <laughs> Figgy was in the last episode. He's sleeping upside down in his bed across he is the way. He's a 22 so pound Garfield cat. Oh, he's a chonker. He's I adorable. love him so much. Oh. He's Wolves Roommate <laughs> Anthony's cat, but secretly, he, in my heart, he's mine. Where were we? We were, uh, oh, she so, was, uh, the, uh, as they were leaving, the parade ended, she was watching the parade from his house, and she's like, can't you come over for dinner, mother? We have that big turkey just for us, and it's Thanksgiving Day! And then she goes, did I ask all right? And it becomes very clear that they planned this. Oh, yeah, she's trying to get mom some. But the mo- he's very <laughs> cute, and a lawyer, and the mom is kind of into it. And so the mom must be making money. She works for Macy's. She like, lives in this giant apartment, she like goes on to- Fifth. 
She goes to meetings with literally R.H. Macy. R.H. Macy and four other men. She walks in and buttons up her petticoat, and I'm like, or not her petticoat, her her waistcoat, and I'm yep. like, oh, hell yeah. Get in there, get the business done, 1937 lady. Oh, yeah. So she's... 47. Um, she's now hired um, the... Uh, the guy who calls himself Chris Kringle to take over uh, last minute for the parade, and he's awesome at it. Like oh, yeah. he's got the kids all mesmerized. He's you know, and the uh, the guy who runs the toy department is psyched. He's he's like, oh my god, do you know how much money we're gonna make? Oh, he's gonna suggest everything to these kids. Oh yeah, and they're gonna buy all of our old stock up. It's gonna be great. And then he finds out that the old man is sending people to other stores if they can't find the this toy little boy at Macy's. comes and sits on his lap and he's like i want a real fire truck and the mom's like macy's don't got him i've been everywhere my feet are killing me don't and tell Sa- him he can have it santa's like i'll get it and she's like she, she's like i want to have a void with santa claus <laughs> i love the amount of new york accents. the old-fashioned they they covered every accent you had the brooklyn kid who was like and i say everything like this see? you got the janine melnitz from ghostbusters secretary yes! at one point she's like well i think it's a wonderful idea yeah Want me to send her in? <laughs> they, Ghostbusters, they, what do you want? Nah, they cover it. I fucking love that movie. I did it too. We gotta bleep it. We gotta stop. We gotta bleep over the Fs. All right. And work. then eventually I just gotta stop saying them as much because it's time, I guess. I don't know. You age out of your 20s and at a certain point you're like, I have to start being kid-friendly as a human again. The only F words on the Christmas special will be festive. <laughs> just get, okay, wait. Get, we're going to get two sound plugs right now of each of us saying festive. And then whenever one of us accidentally says fucking, we're going to put festive over it. Ready? Okay. I'm going to say it as cheery as possible. Okay. Festive. That, I, didn't hate, I, didn't, I didn't like that. We're going to do it again. Festive. It's too squeaky. Festive. Festive. That'll work. Okay. <laughs> I'll see what I can You do. like that? <clears throat> My mom will love it. <laughs> It's the holiday season. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, so the toy guy is freaking out. His name is, uh, what was, who was that guy? Uh, Shell, Mr. Shellhammer. Mr. Shellhammer. Played you assume Philip he's Tung. gay the whole time, and then you meet his wife, and it's like, his oh, I understand wife. this relationship. He, his wife is a lush, and I love it, because he's like, I'll get my wife drunk so that she'll agree to anything. I said, you know, I know. We'll get there. We'll get there. Because uh, I want to do it in the right order, because I, I, I also love that scene. So he's freaking out. He doesn't know what to do. Because, oh, what happens is a little boy is looking for this, and the mom's like, the, the mom's like what are you going to do? That's sold out ever. He was like, you'll find it at Gimbal's. Yeah, it's like a special fire truck yeah yeah and the mom's like wow imagine that sending customers to gimbals for goodwill i felt that way i just didn't know mr macy did yeah and so it becomes this whole she running she kind of looks like helena bonham carter like she could be related to her (laughs) a little bit like her grandma yeah um yeah so the the customers are kind of looking at it like macy's has heart over consumerism at the holidays how Beautiful, is and that? the toy guy is literally just going to fire him to yell at him because he overhears them trying, like selling a sending a. Oh no, he sends the lady to a small toy store, like that only one person would know about, and she's like, "How did you know that?" And he's like, "I keep clues eye in the well, he has market. a book in his coat, yeah, and he keeps pulling it out and telling um, where all the, the toys are." The other guy hears him sending a little girl to Gimbal's for skates, and he's like, "Nah, nah, you said we have good ones, but Gimbal's are better, unbelievable." And they protect to, your little ankles. He's about to <laughs> fire him, and then he, this lady comes up to him. She's like, "Well, I think it's a wonderful idea." I tell you, I never did much shopping here before, but after this, I'm going to be a regular Macy's customer. All right. She has the conversation like, all right. I love how people used to end conversations. 
conversations back then. She's like, you got to say something before you go. It doesn't matter if it makes sense. Yeah, see? Like All right. A- what was that? Who was that kid? Was it Arthur or Ar- Artie or something? Ar- yeah, the, the one, the little fat kid who was like the janitor. I want to say Archibald, but that sounds wrong. I think it was Arthur. I think it was Arthur too. I'm not positive. if it wasn't Arthur, it is now. He was charming. <laughs> he was adorable. He was um, seventeen. He just liked playing Santa Claus for all the little kids. Yeah. So Mr. Macy's is psyched about the idea. He thinks it's great, even though. All the people who work for him thinks it, think it's nuts. But He's like, it's a show of goodwill. Look, yeah. okay, we send our customers somewhere else, but they think of us as the kind store. Not to mention, what happens then is people are just going to go to Macy's as an index. So they're yeah. going to go shopping there first because they know if they can't find it, Macy's will be able to tell them where and they still don't have to do as much work. That's a really good idea because then people know to go to your store first. Yeah. And more than likely, you're going to have what they're looking for. And more than likely, they're going to buy it there, even if your version is a little less nice because they don't feel like going to the other store. You've just won. Mm-hmm. More companies should watch this movie. Just marketing departments should watch this movie and take notice. <laughs> Notice, I'm choking Seriously? on my own words. <laughs> You're very passionate. I didn't breathe enough. <laughs> <laughs> That's how talking works. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. So, um, Mr. Gailey uh, decides he's going to bring uh, little Susan to see Santa Claus because she doesn't believe in anything. And she, She's like, well, that's not good. She's like eight. Yeah, and she has a conversation with Santa, and, and she just like... She's no, like, oh, I know, don't believe you. You see, my mom hired you, so I know you're fake, and you know you're fake. And he's like, well, my beard is real. And she pulls on it, and he's like, ah. She's like, oh, shit, there might, there might be something here. <laughs> but that is the His cutest thing. He goes, well, my whiskers? She goes, the only thing real about you is your whiskers. And he goes, of course, my dear, you can pull on it. No, what and she goes, says is you don't have one of those one of those things that goes, goes around, around your, your ears. Ear. Which is cute. Or wearing glasses, she says, mm. about the when he's on the parade route. He, they see, this one's not wearing glasses. <laughs> um, and Maureen O'Hara just goes off on him. She's like, you know, she's I like, told him he was. I feel like the proverbial stepmother, which is funny. Yeah. And she's like, I told her she he wasn't real. I don't want her believing in fairy tales. You're telling her nonsense. You're reality her. Is, is hard enough. And she needs to be prepared for the world. And he's just like... And that's well, when she goes off and she's like, oh, you, they believe in Prince Charming. And then Prince Charming yeah. is turns out to be... He's like, I believe we were talking about you, Miss Walker, but I think I just learned some things. He's got her number so well Oh, my movie. God. And she's so busy. It's kind of hot. And she's so busy with her job that she doesn't catch on until, like, two seconds after every charming thing he says to yeah, her. Yeah, he's like, don't worry. I see right through you. I know when to say something cute and when to back off. Goodbye. Like, you gotta love my hair. <laughs> he even combs it before he goes to bed. That was a weird scene. He's just slicked all the time. <laughs> so It comes that way. It becomes this phenomenon at work, um, except they want him to have a psyche valve. They want Santa Claus just to, just to make sure he... Because he's really believing he is Santa Maureen Claus. Maureen O'Hara does not. She's like, her name's Doris in the movie, Doris. I think. Yes. She's, she's not. She wants him to have a psyche valve because she realizes when he's talking to Susie, like, oh, shit. He actually thinks he's Santa. Well, they also bring in his work, his uh, his ID card. And, it's, and everything he wrote down was Chris Kringle... Um, Emergency context, da- Dasher, Dancer, Prancer, like, <laughs> like complete What psychos. about Mrs. Claus? Seriously, there's no Mrs. Claus in there. What about your wife, sir? I wonder if she, she may not have been invented yet. Shit. I only say that because I believe the Coca-Cola company created the original look of Santa, the, the red coat and hat. Yeah. Santa Claus, I think he was kind of dressed like a pope in the original version. He, the original version, he was kind of a pope. He was also maybe like kind of shorter. Yeah, and he had the big cane. He wasn't everything. the big jolly guy. He was no. a saint. No, he was a saint. Yeah, exactly. Saint Nicholas. 
And, he, and also, shortly before that, he was barely a thing at all, and poor people would just pound on the doors of the rich and demand food. <laughs> Pretty much. And then Coca-Cola decided to make an icon out mm-hmm. of it, and damned if they didn't. Um, and so I don't think... Mrs. Claus may not have been a construct yet. Wild that's just my, that's just single my guess. days. Well, I mean, because... He was on the prowl for... I can't say this. We're trying to be family-friendly. <laughs> Santa was looking for some tail. Hi, kids. <laughs> Santa was looking for, Santa was out there looking for his woman. (laughs) He was. Well, he originally, you said he came from a retirement home. I I I think the backstory they give you is that he somehow like just kind of wandered in there, ended up there. From Long Island. And you get the hint that he was kind of wandering the globe looking for Christmas spirit. Yeah. So where does he come? Lately, it's been all this commercialism. So he goes to New York. White people in New York. Let's go. (laughs) In the 40s. Yeah, I guess. 23 skidoo. And um, so he goes to this real jerk. Uh, Porter Hall plays him. His name is... Uh, Dr. Sawyer. Dr. Grain- God. Grainville Sawyer. What the, what the hell name is that? And he's one of those... This is my son, Grainville. He was destined to be a loser, and I knew at the moment he was born. And he's one of those shrinks that just... He's the worst kind. He... He gives you problems you don't really have. He's not even really a licensed psychiatrist, you find out later. And he's just, he's he's projecting his neuroses onto under people from behind a desk to make himself feel better. Yeah, yeah. And they bring in another guy, um, I believe. Dr. Collins, I think. Yeah, who looked like freaking Ernest Hemingway. Cutie. He looked a lot like Hemingway. I'm like, who is this dude? He, he really was uh, like super striking. Is that what Hemingway looked like? Uh, I thought dark, he had a beard. Darker later on, darker hair. He had a mustache, or even a little bit like an early um, Orson Welles. Damn, like young he, he had that that just that kind of like tough guy, but presentable with a suit. Does and that mean one day all my cute mustache. young writer friends are going to become grizzled old men? I don't know. I'm a grizzled old man. I write. <laughs> You're not that grizzled. I'm you know what? There. To be fair, I think they probably also looked like that because of the times. I'm, like I, you were saying about this movie, yeah. people looked older back then. Yeah, because your skincare was not as good. Because you could smoke indoors and drink like a fish, and also you ate that sh- steak at every festive meal. We were oh damn it, festive meal. <laughs> no, we're it's okay. We're subbing it in. <laughs> it's gonna be a fun edit, but um, yeah. So this this other psychiatrist is completely on Chris Kringle's side. He's like, he's not hurting anybody. He just believes who he is. He, yeah, he's a little confused, but... He's he, got the spirit, he has, you know? He has no violent tendencies. He doesn't get upset His when is you... a delusion for good. There are hundreds, if not thousands, of people walking around with similar delusions, and they do just fine. Which, at first, I think he's talking about, like, anybody who thinks that goodness is real is delusional. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, dude. He's like, look at this man. In ho- he, 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 for years, he's sworn that he's the, the, the Prince Tsar of Russia. Now, there have been thousands of people who have come forward disproving him, but he goes on saying it. Has yeah. he been institutionalized? No, he runs a very successful restaurant in Hollywood. He's a respected member of the community. <laughs> Quite a celebrity. So, I mean... It, Crazy it, people can be normal. Well, he's... I mean, he's not wrong. It, like... I mean, let's say it is a delusional old man. Yeah. And you don't know at the end of this movie. He could be goddamn Santa Claus, or he just could be really good at figuring people out. But if he is that smart, is there any difference? But that's the beauty of this movie. It's not about if he's Santa or not. It's It's about the people's ability to believe, but we'll get there. Yeah. 
So he's, um, let's see, where were we at? I'm just running through my head where we were at. We were at the part where he's getting a mental examination. Oh. And Dr. Sawyer is rude as heck. And Santa's yeah. are trying to be nice in a really passive aggressive way. I realized mm. this watch around, I was like, this is shady AF. Like, yeah. this dude. Yeah. And, and he's like, oh, did you know that pulling at your eyebrows can be a sign of latent neuro- neuro- neurosis? Oh, because like, the therapist keeps rubbing his eyebrows like a lunatic. I do that. I pick my eyebrows. It's terrible. Oh, yeah. I, but but, like, to be fair, it's because, like, I want to, like, them to be in a nice shape. <laughs> oh, I play with my beard all the time. It's just, just, it's a tick. It's yeah. a nervous tick. Santa's right. But it's like, oh, the way psychiatry used to be was so cold and detached and weird. And it's well, that like, one shrink was great. Oh, that one shrink was <laughs> he awesome. He was, like, actually, like, nah, this guy's charming as hell. <laughs> but it's like, what that guy was showed you what trendy, like, people thought trendy psychiatry yeah. was and why it got a bad name back yeah. in those days and why it kind of still has a bad name because so many people, like, Freud. Freud was not a real anything. No, he was, made, he made up a lot of stuff. He was just like, hey, it's normal to want to... I'll do it. It's normal to want to festive your mom. (laughs) Festive your mom? (laughs) Oh, God. What are we doing? We can just cut that out. Fry came along and he was like, LOL, it's normal to be attracted to your mom. Like, none of that was real. Like Dr. Sawyer, he was projecting his own weird neuroses onto other people. Yeah, yeah. And I found it funny that they're just like, well, we're going to keep him on. We're going to keep him on. We'll just keep an eye on him. Why don't you have him come stay at one of your houses? So the guy who runs the toy department. Yes. That way, if we have somebody with him at all times. Like he can't bonk anyone yeah. on the subway if yeah, he that challenges was the, delusions. Yeah, because the uh, the Dr. Sawyer was like, he carries that cane and he always looks like he's going to hit you with it. It's like just every idiot on Twitter trying to piece together information out of nothing. And he's like, you ever just think he's an old man who needs a cane, you dumbass? Bro. <laughs> um. So... Uh, for the night, he's going to go have dinner at Doris and her daughter's house uh, with Fred. And the guy's like, well, you take him back to your apartment tonight. And I'll, my wife and I always have a couple of martinis before dinner. I'll make them extra strength. Oh, the tonight. toy guy? Yeah. And, and, she, <laughs> and I'll him. call you as soon as my wife is plastered up. Feeling gay. <laughs> Dude, his wife. It, you just see a little martini glass. She's eating an olive. And she's splayed out on the couch. They're handing her the phone. It's upside down twice. It's so funny. It's upside down. And she's like, no, no, not that way. And she's like, oh, thank you, darling. And she switches to the other end. She's like, hello? Sure. I don't have a problem with Santa Claus. Love to have Santa Claus stay with us. I think it would be simply charming. But he, they don't have to because Fred says, "Why, Mr. Gailey goes, why don't you just stay at my apartment? I have two twin beds. You can just... You can well, Ernie, right we're gonna Ernie and Bert this thing. And he's teaching Susie how to be a monkey because today Susie went down with the other kids in the apartment. They were in the basement playing zoo. And oh, Santa Claus! She yeah. was like, they were like, "What kind of animal are you?" And she's like, "I'm not an animal. I'm a girl." She's being very liberal oh, about. Yeah. Liter- I, know, I know literal, kids like this. I know kids a like literal this. about it. It's, it's like, and it's her mother. It's her mother. Oh yeah, all it's her mother to a T. And her mother was probably also like that as a child. Some mm-hmm. kids are really literal like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's like, "I'm not a monkey. I'm a girl." And she's upstairs with Santa, and Santa's like. Well, why didn't you just tell her you were a monkey? She's like, but I'm not a monkey. And she's genuinely no, a bear or a lion. A bear or a lion. She's like, but because I'm not a bear or a lion. Genuinely confused. Like, what do you mean? He's like, you've you've, you've got to you don't know how to pretend? Kid. All right, we're gonna teach you how to be a monkey. Stop everything. We're gonna learn how to be a monkey right now. First you get up and you bend over slightly. And then you put your tongue behind you. <laughs> and she can't do the monkey voice. Goes, really and, and remember to scratch under your arm. You're not scratching. And now you do a chattering noise, like and she goes. Bleh, bleh. And so they cut to they cut, 
Mr. Gailey and Doris making dinner, and they're having like a cute kind of homemaker moment. It's adorable. Like you're it's seeing the future sweet. right you're now. You're like, oh look, they're in a relationship. And he's like, it's been three days. I think we could take the the roast out of the oven. And he goes and he goes, I'm gonna go check on everybody. He's wearing an apron. Oh, he's got the yeah. Reminds me of this guy. <laughs> I'm pointing at Will. <laughs> I rock an apron too. I love oh no, I believe you. I just I, I, when I'm doing serious cooking, I love my apron. I got a big Carhartt apron. You were looking at her apron. You were like, "What's the point of like a half apron?" I like hate that? half aprons. I when I'm making something like cookies, something I know isn't going to get a mess of flour everywhere. Um, which cookies you put yeah. the flour, it really doesn't. It's not that bad. Um, I would frequently like to have something to like get the flour off my hands and stuff because I want to wipe it on yeah. my pants, but I don't want to get the flour on my pants. But I don't want to have like an apron like over my whole body. So like the little thing on my pants is nice to just have. Yeah, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm a messy cook. I always, if I'm making like pizza dough or something, it gets everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> I made it last week and it was, um, I'm still scraping it off my bench. I should cook more again. <laughs> I used to cook. Will's a good cook. We had a whole Friendsgiving this weekend Ooh, nice. because again, it's November oh, 30th. Right. Sorry, I couldn't make it. Oh yeah, it's all right. We had a, uh, enough people around the table honestly i think if more people had come we wouldn't have had enough food oh that's good i don't eat much so poor carly had to cancel last minute too she left her phone in an uber oh that sucks oh poor carly yeah oh former guest (laughs) i'm saluting she's looking in the uh, the little girl's looking in the mirror with santa claus and they're doing their monkey impressions she's gotten a little better she's no longer making a noise that an animal makes right before it throws up they're just going Yes. And Mr. Gailey is just like, okay, this is freaking weird and adorable, but whatever. And the mom comes out and she's just upset. She's just, like, stop teaching my daughter how to have fun. Because <laughs> his whole thing was, he goes, it's imagination. You need imagination. It'll take you anywhere you want to go. Listen, you've heard of the French nation and the Spanish nation. This is the imagination. imagination. And she's like, all right, I'm buying what you're selling. Tell me more. And it's a really adorable. And Natalie Wood is such a good actor. And she says all of these things with her face. And she balances out his jolliness with her kind of just questioning. There's something so sweet about pr- a pragmatic, straight-faced little girl. Yeah, and she, I mean, she... She's got Matilda energy. I can see why Mara Wilson was cast as this character. Oh, totally. Totally. I'm... Sh- I haven't seen... I've Autistic seen... little girls are very funny. <laughs> they kind of decide they're going to have dinner, and they, you know, they, they have their night, and they go back to um, Santa Claus and Mr. Gailey go back to his apartment, and they're getting ready for bed, and he's kind of like feeling the old man out like how crazy is this dude and he's you know he's just like i i think he asked him for a present or something or he asked him to do something for him. oh 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 he's like you know the i, I wouldn't mind him oh cause santa claus santa claus is no where are we they're in the bed. The two of them are, sh- are sharing the, the little bedroom well well first he's talking to the little girl and the yep. little girl wants a house Oh, that's right. Before he leaves, uh, the, the no, for, no, no, no. Was that no? That was the night of the bubble gum, I think. Where she's chewing, she's always chewing gum. No, you're it, the house comes later. That was two different scenes. Yeah, I know. I'm saying I think the, the gum house came was first. first. The gum was second because oh, I it? was looking for the gum scene in the house scene and it didn't oh. happen. And I was like, I guess the gum is later. Oh, okay, I thought I just figured they would have held that for like the end. No, yeah, oh, okay. The gum's later. She wants the house first. He goes in. That's and He's saying right. good night to her, and she's like, Well, there's one thing. 
Because, yeah, because she gave you, you know why I remember? Because in the second scene, she he asked for a spare piece of gum, and she gives it to him, and it's the spare piece that she was chewing oh, the other she night. she kept saving her gum. It was gross, because he teaches him how to blow a bubble, and it gets all in his beard. Yeah, it's gross. <laughs> there was no reason to include that scene. It was just it, cute. It was, no, that, that seems great. But anyway, the first time, he's like, but is there anything you want? Let me prove that I'm Santa. And she, he's like, she's like, no, I'm good. I don't want to get my hopes up. And he's like, come on, there must be something you want. If I can't get it, nothing gained, nothing lost. And she's well. like, all right, all right. <laughs> Here's an ad for a house I want. I want to live in a house with a yard and a swing for a tree with my mom and a man because I'm sick of this New York apartment. <laughs> he's like, it's a very nice apartment. And she's like, I don't think it's nice. I want a backyard. And it's so cute. And you can actually swing. see her. A tree you, with a swing. You can see her get excited. And he's like, oh, well, I haven't seen her eyes light up this like this ever. So if this is what she really wants and this is what will make her happy, I've got to do it. I'm Santa Claus. And he's just like, can I keep that picture? And she's just she's like, like, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, all right, keep it. <laughs> it's fine. I'm not getting anything. You're going to get the house? All right. <laughs> Your move, old man. Yeah, literally. <laughs> and then he goes home. And then he's talking to not – I keep wanting to call him Cary Grant. Oh, no, uh, Ga- uh, Mr. Gailey. He's talking to Mr. Gailey. And M- Mr. Gailey – and Santa's like, what do you want? And Mr. Gailey, like, makes a little joke about, like, wanting the mother – in like not a gross way i made it sound gross just now it was much more charming in 1940 no, he's just he's in love with a 1947 marino harem yeah who, the heck who wouldn't have be? been my goodness um, and then but okay the santa is like they're they're such an interesting case these two i just need to bring the bring the spirit in them. the dad's like i know what you mean i wouldn't mind getting a little warmth out of the mother myself and because she's been just kind of she's been keeping him at arm's length yeah. because she's clearly been hurt oh, yeah. um and so the, the Santa is like, all right, we'll make a deal. You work on the mother, I'll work on the daughter. We'll have both, both their hearts open by Christmas. <laughs> that is, like, that is such a weird, kind of manipulative, but sweet at the same They're conspiring, but they're conspiring to do good, which is what the movie is about. I know, but there, I can imagine so many people having a problem with it nowadays. And I'm just like, but not really. The, no! Like, you do what you want. Like, you gotta, you gotta try tricks if you're, if you... It's like... He's it's, trying to, like, warm up the Ice Queen because she's so broken. And he's just trying to teach her not all men are pieces of garbage. I will actually take care of you. And lady. also, like... And I even like your kid. In a broader sense, there is there is magic in the world. Yeah. Um, but also, it's very... It's, it's likes the difference between seeing a good versus a bad adaptation of Taming of the Shrew. Mm. On the surface, concept sounds terrible. But there are worlds in which a woman is a bitch and somebody has to teach her to be nicer or to believe in love. Ten things I hate about you, former... And <laughs> there is a right way to do that in which you can make it clear that that is what ha- what is happening and not, hey, I don't like the way this woman is acting as a man. I'm going to fix her to make her act the way I want. Yeah. It's not that. She's not happy. And that's clear. Yeah. And he knows what He's she just needs. trying to crack her to find out what will make you happy. Sometimes other human beings need to intervene when someone is sad. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and that... And it, they do it in the sweetest way possible, which is there's besides the, the the psychiatrist, there's like really never a hurtful moment. Even when you you're even people who like don't like Santa right off, they end up being charmed by him. Even yeah. If they're, even if they've never met him, they're charmed by his story. There's like one villain, and for the rest of the movie, the the villain in this movie is cynicism. Yes, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, um, so. Uh, that's when things kind of come to a head because the kid who's sweeping up, the he tells Santa Claus early in the movie that 
he 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 loves to go to the Y and dress up as Santa Claus and hand out packages to the kids. And he's a young, he's seventeen year old kid. Yeah, and they hired him because the other guy dropped out and he got and he's the like, suit and I don't got no padding. And since I, got, I come with my own C, I come. With he my ends own. every sentence with C, and he's like, oh, it's all over, even in Brooklyn. Yeah, and he's really good friends with Chris Kringle, and they're having lunch, and he's really depressed. He's like, what's the matter? And he's like, well. I, I just got back from the dock upstairs. I see him every day, and he's telling me I got issues with my dad and my mom. And he's he also told me I hate my father, and I I, I didn't know I hated my father, but I guess it's in there. And <laughs> this really gets under Chris's skin. He's but like, what's more important is he tells him that like because he wants to give presents to the little kid, he like has a guilt complex that he yes. did something when he was little that he feels guilty for that he's trying to make up for. And it's really serious and bad and he should feel bad yeah. and stop wanting to give presents to the little children. And Chris is just like, no, you're doing it because you're a good person and you just like feeling good by helping people. He's like, I'm going to go talk to Dr. Sawyer. Chris has had enough. Yeah. Alfred. 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 Thank you. That was driving me nuts. His name is Alfred. <laughs> and there's a lot of names in that, those credits. I yeah. could not cycle through them all. And still keep talking. So uh, he goes up, Chris goes upstairs to, to see the doctor, and they get into a little kerfuffle, and he kind of gives him a little bonk on the head with his Because cane. he's talking to the doctor, and he's like, are you even a licensed psychiatrist? And he kind of throws it as a one-off question, but then the guy doesn't answer, and he looks at him, he's like, oh, how did you get hired? This man is irate now. Yeah. But the doctor's getting irate right back. Like, he's super yeah. mad that he's being questioned, even though he's being questioned on very legitimate grounds, because, in fact, he is not a licensed psychiatrist. No. He has... A, 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 a certificate that allows him to administer psychiatric tests, which, by the way, a psych eval back then was basically an are you sober test. Oh, yeah. Touch your nose. What's three times five? Who was the first president of the United States? Yeah, it's ridiculous. And, um, and so Sawyer is like a crackpot. Yeah, and yeah. he's like literally just trying to practice non... He's just... Practicing malpractice on a seventeen-year-old boy. Yeah, and he gets bonked on the head with the cane. There's only one one way to deal with people like you, and it's exactly what Sawyer said was going to happen, and what he wanted to happen. Yeah, so he baited, and him. then Santa bolts because he's like, "Ah, shit! I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> Gotta go. Um, <laughs> I shouldn't have did that." And then as soon as he does, Sawyer comes to like immediately. He wasn't even knocked out, but then oh he no, because sees he kind of goes like Maureen oh. O'Hara running in. He's like, "Ah, the opportunity!" And he, he pretends to pass out. Yeah. But he does have a legit knot on his head. Okay, yeah, fine. He did but have a it, knot He on his also head. deserved it. Oh, he totally did. Should have broke that thing. Are you going to leave this office? <laughs> um, you reminded me of my junior year math teacher. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Don't assign problems that are, hard, are easier than the test. And then expect kids to know how to do the hard problems on the test. And don't condescend to us when we don't know how to do math that you were supposed to have taught us. <laughs> Oh, yeah. He was just baiting everybody, and he manipulates everybody. He's manipulating, um, what's his name, Alfred. He's manipulating, San like, Santa to, no, you got to be crazy. You, you have to be a crazy person, blah, blah, blah. If, it's, if you're not crazy, I'm crazy, yeah. and I'm not crazy because I'm the one behind the desk. So Santa gets caught, and... I definitely didn't just wander in here. They they take him to Bellevue, and he's like, oh, no. They tell him, they t the, the, the guy convinces him, like, oh, my God, the entire time they're having it a is, conversation, it is it's Jack so annoying. It is Jack telling do it. He's like, oh, well, you wouldn't call this normal now, would you? And everybody's like, oh, but are you sure you didn't say anything? He's like, I didn't say anything at all. In fact, all I did was suggest he might not be Santa Claus, which isn't true. Yeah. And um, then they trick him into a, a cop They're like, oh, yes, you're going, to, you're going to go have pictures with the mayor. And he's like, oh, good, I'd like to talk to the mayor about a few things. And then he gets into a car, and he's like, we're going to Bellevue. 
And he just goes, no, no. He goes to get out. They grab him. And then his him. first question oh. is, did she know about this? And the doctor's lying. He's like, oh, we, we, we discussed it. Yeah. She didn't want to be here. <laughs> and so this makes Santa lose all faith. And he's like, well, if she doesn't believe, then I haven't done my job. And Christmas is dead. She's the whole test case in miniature. If I can't make her believe, I can't make anyone believe. And maybe I am crazy. So he blows his psyche vow on purpose so that he, he gets... He tells them Calvin, Calvin Coolidge was the first president of the United <laughs> States. I can only imagine what they're thinking about me now. <clears throat> so, Mr. Which I'm sure was some kind of... Yeah. It was a much more topical joke back then. Oh, I'm sure. I so that's okay. So Mr. Galen goes... He's a lawyer. And he goes and he's like, Chris, why would you do this? You know you're not crazy. You're just... You're eccentric, He's man. like, oh, but if everyone out there is saying I'm crazy for just wanting to be a good person, then I don't want to be out there. I want to be in here. And I'm like, you know what? You know what? The older I get. So they decide, let's put bring it to the courts. And because they're about to sign. All he wants to do is have a hearing. Because yeah. the guy's like, he's about to be committed to Bellevue. Because yeah. he failed the They're literally about to sign the paperwork. And they have to go through that. And the, Santa's like, all right, well, if she still kind of believes, then like maybe we can do something about this. He's like, I'll do everything I can. Yeah. And then he, as a lawyer, because he's a partner at a law firm, which they reveal you kind of halfway through the movie, yeah. he goes down to the court to like be his lawyer and be like, we'd like to request a hearing to show you that he's sane. And she's like, and the judge is like, this is sure. supposed to be cut and dry. And the judge is up for re-election. Yeah. And that's a big part of the story. And his manager is William Frawley, who um, was Fred Mertz. On I Love Lucy, and he's, you know, real like, listen, pal, if you want to, if you, he's really walking w- around smoking a cigar. He's like, you gotta, you gotta try this case, but you can't tell people that he's not Santa Claus because then you're gonna lose votes because they're gonna piss off the kids. Now here's what's gonna happen, and then the kids don't hang up their stockings, and if the kids don't hang up their stockings, the stores don't sell toys, and all those union toy makers are gonna be awfully mad at you. Yeah, he basically, what did you say? He butterfly affected his, oh, whole, his whole. Uh, you play. He judgment. played the butterfly effect with all of Santa Claus. Yeah, Santa Claus had a lot of people. On his side of this case, and he shouldn't. He nowadays he would have been. Well, that's why nuts. we're getting ahead of ourselves here. Because at first, all he has to do is like say whether the guy has to be committed. But eventually, yeah. because of the way court cases go, they just have a. They have hearing. to say like, all right, well, the sanity hearing is therefore because Santa won't give up the fact that he's not Santa yeah. on the stand. We now have to have a hearing to decide whether or not the New York State. Like, court believes that Santa Claus exists. Yeah. Because if the answer is yes, then this guy could be Santa. And if the answer is no, then this guy's crazy. It's all, like, crazy hypothetical. So the judge is like, all right, the court will hear opinions about the existence of Santa Claus. And I love the judge. The judge uh, played by Gene Lockhart. Oh, he's great. uh, Judge Henry X. Hopper. And he's just this kind of cute little old man who's nervous about everything. He just wants to get votes. Winnie the Pooh energy. He wants people to like him, and he's just... He wants his grandkids to give him a kiss, and they oh. won't because he's trying Santa Claus. They just walk by him, and they're like, hmm. Well, that's the best is, like, between him and the other, the the, um, the, oh. the prosecuting lawyer and mm-hmm. his kids, they bring him. The prosecuting lawyer is like, all right, well, the burden of proof is clearly not on me, so you go. <laughs> But Gail- and they subpoena his <laughs> kindergarten age son. That is the most dark baller move. <laughs> I love this movie because there are like four gasp moments. Oh there is the moment where they're like, we call Chris Kringle to the stand. There's the moment where like, we intend to prove the existence of Santa Claus. And then it's like, I called James, what's his name to the stand? And then the lawyer's like, me? <laughs> and he turns me into three syllables. And he's like, James, what's his name? Junior. Junior. It's like in the fourth the Harry mom- Potter when they're like, Barty Crouch, 
Jr. And you just see David Tennant face going, hello, father. <laughs> hello, father. <laughs> so the, there's the mother in the audience and in the in the in the benches and she's just holding up the subpoena. She's like, what was I why supposed to do? Not, why would you not tell your husband that though? You think you would He was probably served sometime that morning after he went to work. That's I have no doubt crazy. this guy's Frank's a partner. He knows how to do this right. He's like <laughs> and he's clearly the most theatrical man on the planet. Oh yeah. And I love this detail about him. Oh yeah. I used to think like, oh, they really don't give these characters in old movies much personality. Wrong. They don't do overt characterization. It's all really subtle. If you look at him as a lawyer, man is he a character. <laughs> yeah. God does he have a lot of flair. Man is he charming. And he, I mean, so he brings up this little kid and he's like, well, do you believe he's Santa Claus? He's of like, of course I do. My like, daddy told me and my daddy wouldn't tell me anything that wasn't so. Would you, daddy? Because you can't lie, especially on the stand. Mm-hmm. I know the difference between telling the truth and telling a lie. Gosh, everybody knows that. <laughs> and my favorite is... As he's walking to the stand, the little kid goes, Hi, Daddy. Hello, Daddy. And then he's leaving. He goes, Hi, Daddy. <laughs> he's just a little goober. He just looks like... His what mouth I, is open the entire time. He looks like what an hour gang. He's like he's, this little rascal. He's so cute. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to catch my hair on fire flipping it over my head. I was wondering why you had candles behind you. <laughs> I'm just not thinking. <laughs> Let me just put it up so this ceases to be a problem. You're going to have a bob if you... <laughs> so the little kid came to the stand... They were like, all right. And he's like, okay, the court could hear the opinions of every person in New York and they'd all have a different opinion. We need like actual, act, like authoritative proof. My six-year-old is not authoritative proof. Very stunny, funny stunt. Ha, ha, ha. Give us real admissible evidence. Yeah. I mean, it is kind of crazy bringing the guy's kid into it. It was wild. It, it, that, is, that is a balls move. Yeah. <laughs> Um, um, but he's like, all right, well, I don't think we have anything. And then Susie's like, no, I have to believe, mother. Like, I truly have to. And the mom's like, has to prepare for her daughter for the fact that, like, she might hear tomorrow that Santa Claus is being committed yeah. in the papers. Yeah. Because legality means that they must. I love how this movie in this court case is like a test of humanity's not even willingness, some, like somehow need to honor and respect the lies we tell children and when i say the lies we tell children i mean that with like all capital letters like the the canon of lies we know that we all tell our children yeah, the easter bunny santa, santa claus, claus just keeping magic like even alive. The, like other like ch- apparently all like there's this one story i read on tumblr once where a teacher was like i run a school and like on one of the catholic holidays there were a lot of jewish kids and all the jewish kids were there and they're like so like we all know santa's not real right but we can't tell the Christian kids. And it's like, oh, absolutely not. It would break their hearts. Do not do that. Aww. It was so cute. And the teacher was like, this made me cry. It was adorable. But it's like it, humanity's suspension of disbelief about real things is so sweet. It's yeah. like one of my favorite things about us. Like, well, why do we do this? It's well, adorable. It's because when we were kids and we had the myth given to us of Santa and stuff, we remember how happy it made us. And to do that for your own child or yeah. for any kid... If you can pass that along, that feels great. And I love it's a the gift, way it's a gift in itself. I love the way you phrase that. That's exactly it. To like pass the myth along. It's a living yeah. thing. Santa I, Claus is a living thing. If they had sent this guy to Bellevue, they would have murdered Santa. Yeah. I mean, I used to feel that way, you know, why we lie to kids and this and that. It just seems messed up. And until, the mom is having this issue. Until my brother had kids. And then I saw how fun it was. Why do we lie to kids? Because it's so fun. Well, I, I was a jaded, I was a jaded like twenty something. You mm-hmm. know, I was I was just 
I was just pissing vinegar all the time. And then I see these these little kids and they're just so excited about one big day. And it's like, what, what a monster I'd be to ruin that. Yeah. You know, like what, what does it prove to ruin that? Exactly. You know, because they'll grow out of it and it'll be fine. It'll be like, I went no through No kid it. has ever been like, you lied to me, mom and dad. They were like, I yeah, but you bought me so much stuff. I can't stay mad at you. I would love <laughs> to say that like be horror movie. Like it's a really, really terrible movie. And the serial killer's motivation is just like Santa's not real. And I've never been okay about that. <laughs> there were a few killer Santa movies that are very similar to that. I think Silent Night, De- I think <laughs> Silent Night, Deadly Night oh, was something God. like that. Um, so they, um, Susie's sitting with her mom, and she's like, you know. I have a feeling he is the real Santa mother. And she goes, and he's very sad. He misses you, you know, sitting in Bellevue. She goes, well, I'm going to write him a letter. It's so sweet. And that is when it goes off the rails, and, and they start, they go to the mail room. Of the, she writes of the him New a letter, and she addresses it to the court. And yeah. the guy in the mail room, oh, you had a thing to say about this, which is absolutely true. So the guys in the mail room are, are, are the true heroes of this movie. Oh, this is what I thought you were going to say. What I thought you were going to say oh. was, like, if this is how mail gets sorted, like, I don't know how we ever got any mail ever. Oh, it's madness. It's just a bunch of conveyor belts and a bunch of, like, dumpsters dumping letters, and you're just throwing Just them. men throwing paper everywhere. It's It, it looks like the scene yeah. from Always Sunny where Charlie's just throwing <laughs> papers and in random bins and burning well see any of this mail this is from, today, from like two weeks ago so this gets burned <laughs> anyway it's a conspiracy, except mac. <laughs> mac i'm telling you it goes all the way to the goddamn top man i swear charlie <laughs> not only are all these people real they've been looking for their mail for weeks it's all anyone's talking about up there what oh <laughs> There is no Carol in HR. I, I march up to her door and I go, Carol, Carol. <laughs> Whoa, man. Wow. We have to go off on at least one Always Sunny tangent. Oh, you maybe George choke. is disturbed that you're like, choking. Why are you banging? He's like, are you, do you mind? I'm trying to nap over here. <laughs> so the, um, these, what were we saying? So these mailroom clerks are going through and they, and they find a, uh, they're like, look at this letter to Santa Claus. And they all got the Brooklyn accent. Look at this letter to Santa Claus over here. For God's sakes, it says to the New York Court I've House. seen him addressed to the North Pole, the South Pole, any pole you can. i never seen him addressed. I can't do it. I ain't never seen it addressed to the courthouse. Well, that's where they're doing the trial. Now, oh. looky here. Ain't you read a newspaper? I got an idea. Let's get all the letters together. How many letters to Santa would you say are sitting down at the dead letter office right now? <laughs> Wouldn't it be great to get rid of all those? Yes, it would. Why don't we dead? No to- reason. They should be our problem. You cut to court the next day. And you, you're you just like, what the hell just happened? <laughs> no, we've never met these characters before, but I think we all know what's coming. Yeah, so they, um, they're... They're, in, they're kind of their final throws of everything. And the guy is like, since Mr. Gailey has not been able to produce one single... I went British again. Has not been able to produce one single shred of evidence that to say that this man is Santa Claus or that the existence of Santa Claus is recognized by any authoritative body, I hereby move. And he's like, wait, wait, Your Honor, I have three letters here addressed to Santa Claus at the New York Post Office or the New York <laughs> Court House. And he's like, oh, mail. It's three pieces of mail. That's insignificant. He's like... Well, I have more evidence, Your Honor. Well, he does I... say, he goes, 
I could get a bunch of people off the street and say he's not Santa Claus. Yeah, well, that, yeah, he goes, and he's like, oh, the yeah? Santa letters. Well. I have more evidence, Your Honor, but I hesitate to produce it. And then the judge Put goes, the letters I, on my desk. On my desk. But, but, sir, on my desk? And then there's <laughs> a third protest, and you just see him mouth it at him. And he's on going, Put them on my the festive desk. Festive desk. On the desk. <laughs> so. He goes, and he's like, All right. no problem, and he waves he's like, his All right, hand. Boys, bring him in. <laughs> and um, the march of the wooden mailmen comes in, and it's, they each got two bags. Everybody of, in the courthouse is laughing, and they're just dumping letter after the bag, and their bag on top of the judge. The judge is covered in letters; you can't even see them <laughs> anymore. And he's just like, "Well, if he goes now, the New York Post Office." Uh, uh, no, the uh, United States Postal Service was started in Official 17... Official branch blah, 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 of the U.S. government. And it was oh, the, no, Benjamin no. Franklin was the first postmaster general. This is how general. it started. And he, this is how it started. They hadn't brought the letters right. in yet. And everybody's staring at each other like, why is this guy telling he's us the history, the history of the mail? Office. Yes, he's reading about What the are we office. doing? Objection, Your Honor. And then he produces the letters and he's like, all right, big deal, three letters. And then we get to the yeah. scene. And, he goes, and the iconic scene that they show in every Christmas commercial where the judge is over the top of the desk, like, has to, like, sift through the letters to be seen. Well, if these letters, which they have been delivered, were delivered, the person must be real. By and an official the, recognizing branch of, of the, the U.S. US government, government. Declares this man to be Santa Claus. And he's and just, this, the judge's court. The judge is just fed up. He's like, he, he really doesn't miss me. He just goes, case dismissed. He's like, this court doesn't see any reason to argue with the U.S. Post Office. Case dismissed. Thank God this is no longer my problem. Merry Christmas Eve. I'm going home. Yeah, and, and finally hugging my grandchildren. And he was going to do that on... This was going on on Christmas Eve. And the guy Eve? with the cigar, the entire time he's in the audience, and you just cut... you. He doesn't have that many lines. Oh, but you Fred cut Mertz? to him yeah. every now and then, and he's making a face at the judge. And the face is... <laughs> is I'm going to do the noises. He's making one of two noises with his face without making a sound. He's either going, <laughs> or... Because <laughs> <laughs> he's basically telling him, you say Santa Claus ain't real, you ain't getting a lot. You're going to have two votes. Yours... And the defense and the uh, prosecutors. And it's, it's, most of the time he's giving him, mm, like, y'all, you're hurting your votes. Like, mm. yeah. And then all of a sudden at the end, he's, he's, he's clapping and he's holding a cigar and he's like, hey, hey, it's like, you just won the election, buddy. <laughs> so Santa Claus is set free and they have a big party at the old age home that he was staying at. I, I would very much home. like you all to be there. Oh my God. And they had this shot in the background outside the courthouse and it was clearly like just terrible, terrible green screen. Oh, yeah. Honestly, not even green screen. They didn't have that technology. It was just like them standing in front of a projector, which was yeah. really cute, but it was a projection. Yeah, it's, it's a rear projection. Of New York City, like the in front of the courthouse at the time. And man, was that not done. No. Oh, that's <laughs> so interesting to see. It's so funny to look at the city in movies and be like, oh wow, we had all these movies and all this technology in the city where I'm currently living is was just not done being built they no. were just really still working on it no. yeah yeah i mean i mean the flat iron building was built in like 23 i think yeah you know uh, no, i'm oh, sorry that's the street it's on it was born in, <laughs> it was made in like the 1800s I, think. I, I forget i worked there for like 20 years like some of new york is really really old but you forget that a lot of the stuff that we're used to seeing is historic like quote yeah. unquote historic because if you're from europe you're in gonna the empire you're gonna state building the chrysler building was new so was, yeah it was all brand new back yeah. then it was it was the you know big apple. it was becoming history. the big apple <laughs> it used to be the big oyster the did it really? Yeah, it used to be called the Big Oyster originally because you were able to fish and get oysters. Oh, oysters, yeah. And hot dog carts were originally oyster carts. And then when the waters oh, got too polluted, they started God. serving hot dogs instead. 
And now they serve halal, which is arguably better and less likely to make you sick. Uh, I've had some white sauce. I've That's had some white rough. sauce, but I would trust, I trust street meat from a halal cart way before I trust a hot dog a out of any ref- New, York City, New York City street vendor. Hit up a little Rafiki's on the way home. Ah, oh, God, I love me some halal. It is good. Halal cart chicken rocks. Everybody's like, oh, the street cart tacos in California. You don't know what you're missing. Come try a falafel sandwich. <laughs> Oh, man. Okay, so now Santa Claus is having his party. He's got um, uh, Alfred in the other Santa suit looking adorable. And oh, so cute. Mr. Macy walks in. He shakes Alfred's hand. He's, He's like, hello, oh, Alfred. He's like, that was Mr. Macy. He's, always, yeah. He's starstruck. He's starstruck. He's like, well, because He's starstruck. He, He's he so works cute. in the basement sweeping up all day. It's adorable. Kid. He's 17. It's like when I was like 20 and I met Joe Biden. Yeah. Oh, wow. You met Joe Biden. I was a waitress. I think I maybe told this story before, but I'll tell it again. <laughs> I, I was serving, uh, I was at a PBS event because I used to be a catering way. I was a banquet waitress and like it was mostly weddings. But when I was like 19, 20, um, maybe 21, I got to do ca- the travel catering because they liked me as a server. I was, like, reliable. So they took me to stuff. And one of the events they took me to, you needed a background check for because Joe Biden was give- giving a speech. The former vice president of the United States was giving a speech. Um, I was going to ask, what what position was he holding at It the was time? former vice president. Okay. It was during the Trump presidency. Um, <clears throat> oh, wow. Yeah. And so uh, we, it was at PBS in Philadelphia, like the station. They were having some kind of benefit. And uh, they were, we were setting up all day. And it was, like, three hours into when we were there and the event was starting and people were sitting down and we were going to serve dinner and right before we served they're like okay the, the vice president is coming in everybody like make make a path along the wall for the secret service like nope no, don't move like stay out of the way and so i was standing on the wall and i i feel this man come and stand next to me and i look up and it's joe biden and he's like i'm actually gonna be serving with you tonight do you think you can show me the ropes and i'm like I, I am dying, but I'm trying to be cool because I'm like, this is a very official man. <laughs> I'm going to need one of them half half little aprons like that guy in that movie we just watched. basically doing that. I was like, I don't know, sir. I don't know if you can handle it. This is a pretty fast-paced venue. <laughs> and I can't believe I could come up with that in the moment. He's like, oh, I don't know. Maybe I should just ski-daddle then. What's your name? And I was like, it's Melanie, sir. Melanie Weir. Nice to meet you. He's like, nice to meet you, Melanie. I'll be seeing you around. And then he goes up and he gives the speech. And the other waiters are looking at me like, you can't see my face but they're like what the hell just happened and so later i'm I'm going around i'm just serving wine and i go to the one table and i'm like oh this is his table they put me in his section i wonder if he requested this and he maybe did because i come around he's like oh good good folks i'd like this is my good friend melanie she's gonna be serving us he He did very polite very nice of him he really is a very charming man He reminded me of my grandfather if my grandfather weren't a watcher of Fox News, Um, which is kind of taking away, not a lot, but you know. Um, Come on, Grandpa. But he had very, like, Grandpa from Pennsylvania energy. It was fun. He was so nice. He was really, he was very nice to me. I'll help you with the dishes. And I think I said something about, like, thank you, like, your support of public schools and, like, your wife's support of public schools has meant a lot to me. Like, mine was, like, our art program was in danger a few years ago. It got saved partially by the federal government like thanks that's great it was awesome that's so he was really nice and i also i met paul ryan at a rnc banquet the same year and all he did was make a little joke about cocktail weenies he was not nearly as nice he was very pretty he had nice eyes but to be fair so was joe biden and he was much older (laughs) i still had a little bit of my hair left (laughs) come on corn pop oh god 
He was a nice guy. That's all I got to oh, say. Oh, no, Joe. But he's a grandpa. He's, he's, he's president grandpa. It's yeah. fine. Anyway. <laughs> it's cool. Away from my story of how I met the president. So they're having this big party at his uh, ret- uh, assisted, uh, assisted living, retirement yeah. home. So whatever they call it back in the day. And he's dressed like Santa. And all the kids are having a great time except for little Susie. She's... Looking under the She's tree so for sad. some sign that he's real, and she just wants that house. And the She's mom's like, I like, knew it wouldn't be there, but I thought there'd be a letter or something telling me so. <laughs> There's just like a little cheese. It's like, you're your kid. <laughs> She's like, it was stupid. I shouldn't have believed. And the mom looks at her, and she's like, oh, God, I'm you a monster. Have what have I done? You have to believe. Sometimes believing is all you can do. And, and the little girl, she's like, oh, I get it. So it's like, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. I thought so. Yeah. And Mood, kid. But, you're going to be feeling that for the rest of your life. But there is a sweet scene where the mom... Um, Doris, Fred, uh, Mr. Galen, and Gailey, and Santa are all kind of talking off yeah. to the side. And she's just sitting on, Susie's sitting on the couch and she's like, I'm going to believe because I have to. I, I believe. believe. It's I believe. And she's stupid, really, but I believe. And she, she sounds broken. She sounds broken. She sounds like me in the middle of quarantine. Slightly hopeful, like maybe, I don't know. My eight year old mind is snapping right Just now. Just like, I want to live through this. I can't remember what it's like to not be in my house, but I do want to see the other side. We'll get there. It's a kid being a kid for the first time. Yeah, being you know, kind of a She's growing yeah. back. She's Benjamin Buttoning. She's going backwards. <laughs> yes. You know? The mom's like, I don't want to fill her head up with nonsense and complicate her. Ma'am, you have complicated her already. So they're out on Long Island, and they are going to Mr. Galen's house? They're going They're going home, I think. The, uh, the guy, they're at the old folks' home, which is in Great Neck. They said they wanted yes. a little house out by, like, Mansocken or something. He wanted a house in Long Island, yes. Uh, yeah, somewhere, he said another right. town in Long Island. Oh, um. Uh, started with an M. I forget. Anyway, he wanted to live somewhere else. No, he wanted to live somewhere else. And he's like, uh, so they're going back from the old folks home in Great Neck. And he's like, Manhasset. That was it. Um, And he's like, take these specific directions. And they'll take you back to Manhattan. You'll miss all the traffic. And then directions take them by the house that Susie wanted. And it's for sale. The door is open. I now realize that he probably called the realtor and be like, I'm going to bring some people by. That girl borderline tuck and rolls out of that car. When I was a child, (laughs) this horrified me. She jumps out of the car. She's like, stop the car. He stops the car. She bolts out. Because there were no seatbelts. Of course not. And they were all sat across one bench seat at the front. So literally. She was like, stop the car. He's like, am I going to hit a bunny? And she yeah. bolts from the vehicle. And she books it into the house. The, and they don't know that she wanted this house. They're like, Susie, what the hell are you doing? And she's like, this is the house I was telling you. And she's like, wait, you wanted a real house? You wanted a, I thought you wanted a dollhouse. And she's like, it even has the swing in the backyard. And the mom's like, you can't just run into someone's house. And then it becomes clear that this was like a for sale home. And she's like, all right, less weird, but still weird. And then all of a sudden... They see the cane. Not for first. There's like a very cute little conversation because the mom is like, no, mother, see, you told me I had to believe. And no matter, like, even if I couldn't see it, I had to believe it. And I believe it. Look what happened. It's real. And she leaves the room to go see the swing. And like Fred comes up behind her and he's like, you told her that. And it's like, that's the sexiest thing she could have said in that moment. He grabs her and kisses her with that old movie you passion. You gotta kiss her hard, deep, and good. That's the way women like it. And it's like, <laughs> you can, it, they had 
learned how to do an on-screen kiss back then, and it's very real looking in the sense that, like, just the f- a kiss never actually looks good on camera, and you can just see the folds of everybody's neck. But it's sweet because it looks real and passionate. And he's like, you know, I must be a pretty good lawyer. I co- took I t- took a little old man and convinced the whole world really? that he was Santa Claus. And then they noticed the cane, and then fade and he's out. He's like, or oh, maybe I didn't do such a wonderful thing after all. <laughs> fade out. The end. Which is such an old movie ending. This movie is class act straight through. Wonderful. I love this movie. Yay! This movie's so good. I forget how much I love this movie every time, and then I watch it again, and I'm like, there's a reason I keep pulling this one out. (laughs) So, what? We'll let you rate this one. Oh, this is a 10. 10. This movie, before we watched it again, I would have been like, this is probably a 9. Like, there's got to be something wrong with it. There is nothing wrong with this film. (sighs) I'm giving it an 11. It's going. On, it's going on one of my favorite Christmas movie lists. I love that because I don't have that many, and it's it's shame. I'm shamed by that, but it's mostly because of my stupid OCD nature. I don't like watching Christmas movies like in the summertime. Let's say. Oh yeah, sure. Who does? So, so I have a very limited time frame in which I can watch all these Christmas. Yeah, movies. Yeah, when I was a kid, it was easier. I feel like I was watching them all the time. You want to feel it. You know, you want you want to watch them during the season yeah. because they are an integral part of it. You know, you like, know, you know. When I watched the most, when my par- when I was living with my parents and we had cable, and you could yeah. just put Freeform on and have it running in the background all day. Yeah, yeah, and then twenty five days of Christmas, and it's like the, the movies are being put on for you. So even the ones you wouldn't normally put on for yourself, like yeah, it was what the Family to, Channel, 30, yeah, twenty five days of Christmas. Yeah, exactly. Right? You wouldn't be mo- there. Was something was on, and it was just like, oh yeah, this one, this one. I forget to put in the DVD player, and I feel like I shouldn't. Yeah, I think we shy away from black and white too much. It's on Disney Plus. Yeah, I was I was very happy to see that. The new one, excuse me, <laughs> the Disney new one had, and the old one. Disney finally had some movies I wanted to watch. Yeah, <laughs> and the new one is it's cute. They redid it with Mara Wilson, very appropriate Matilda yeah. character, and but uh, it, Richard Attenborough or. I always mix. Up. I don't know. I always mix them up with his brother. I've never watched it all the way through. I forget if we it's, said this off mic or on mic, but I'm going to say it again in case we didn't. It's not even Macy's. It's sponsored by Coles. That is disgusting. And you can feel <laughs> the sponsorship in everything. Yeah. It's just it's, and that's why it's gross. I feel like the company probably had its hands on it too much. Richard Attenborough played Santa Claus. He was the guy who played um, the guy who made the dinosaur island in Jurassic Park. Ooh, we've got a T. Oh, we've got a T. Yeah, I don't like that. He, I don't like that. He does look the part, though. He looks the part, but... Uh, and I did like the little part where he gets his beard pulled in the commercial. He's like, ooh. ooh. <laughs> that's, always my, that's the only part of the movie I remembered. I don't know. I'm just picturing him in Jurassic Park, and I'm like, I can't take the words in, naive to the point of incompetence out of my head when looking at you. Wow. I'm just looking at the cast of the, of the newer one, and it's just so funny. Like, And it's funny, because Robert Polsky, who... Probably should have played Santa Claus. He was, um, uh, what would you have known him from? He was in Mrs. Doubtfire. He was the the TV uh, the the TV executive, the old man who gives him the show at the end. Oh yeah, the grumpy one. Uh, the one who he gets drunk with at dinner, and he's like, I only very vaguely remember what he looks like. Yeah, I'll show you a picture. You've seen this guy before. Yeah. He he plays the judge in the new one. Yeah. Meanwhile, I'm like, I think yeah, I've he's seen... He's got more jolly energy. I think I've seen him play Santa Claus. <laughs> like, I'm sorry, the old guy from Jurassic Park just gives me more... Uh, he's just a little... Like, I would believe... He's a little classy. I'm too ready to believe that he would fail a mental examination. Yeah. Like, yeah. he's just a little too kooky. 
You need the guy playing well, he this. Well, made a goddamn dinosaur You island. need the guy playing this particular Santa to be super level-headed. Yeah. So that it's very, very clear that the psychiatrist he's pitted against is being malignant on the purpose. The second you get all, go off the handle, the case is gone. Yeah. You know, he and, has and, to be a super level-headed yeah. guy to play Because he was fine until he hit the dude. Yeah. And he only hit him because he was manipulating being an absolute a ass. 17-year-old kid who was already broken. Yeah. And it was like, that's that's deplorable as a doctor. Yeah. Or a fake doctor. A fake doctor. A doctor. He's, no, he's a doctor, Oz. Oh, shit. Fetterman kicked your ass in the election and he could do it in real life, you little wimp. <laughs> there you go, politics. <laughs> On Made You Watch a Podcast. <laughs> John Fetterman is such an interesting man. Oh, God. He reminds me of like, it's like he's like a good, I, Rasputin was crazy. <laughs> so I don't want to call him Rasputin. You're bringing them. But he's like a really, really big guy who is just like a a giant question mark every time he opens his mouth. He's a wild card. That's what I'm trying to say. And I think that's really fun that there's a wild card for good somewhere in the political race. I was just glad to see Oprah undo the evil she brought into the world. (laughs) What did she? She went out and basically said, do not vote for Dr. Oz. Oh, thank God. And she's the one who made Dr. Oz. I forget about that all the time. You've, and she doesn't. She kind of distanced herself. So good on you, Oprah. Thank we, we you. Were, and she did it at like the zero hour. Uh, you could have done that a little sooner. Move. But thank you. No, nah, you got to do that. You got to do that just before voting, so people go, "Oh, that's right," <laughs> and they don't have time to think about it. <laughs> I love that. Oh, so anyway, the end of this movie. I love this movie. Yeah. It's we, 11. No, yeah. Oh, my God. We, we already we, rated we everything. It. We did it. It's <laughs> we, done. This was the post-conversation. Uh, so next week for Christmas, I have chosen something a little off the beaten path. Yeah. This is a movie um, that Mindy, my girlfriend, has been begging us to do because it's one of her favorite Christmas slash horror films. It is made by Bob Clark. You know the name Bob Clark? It really sounds familiar, but I think I might just be thinking of National Lampoon. Bob Clark. Give me one second. By the way, while you're looking that up, we have gotten two or three separate requests to watch National Lampoon for Christmas. Christmas Now, the problem with this, there there are two problems with it, and one of them is not actually a problem. It would make make the podcast really interesting, as a matter of fact. Yeah. The thing that will make the podcast in the, no, let's start over. (laughs) The first problem is, we have both seen this movie. Yeah. So it's against the rules of the podcast, and we can't break our one rule. But we've been talking about doing Patreon episodes, yeah. like extra stuff. That It would be extra work and extra time, but... We could do, like, Christmas in July On or Patreon something. to get, like, support for the show to, like, keep it going. We would absolutely do that, and we'd probably love to. Yeah. Um, so... We're working a few things out here. Hit us up. Podcast. If you really, really want to see this, yeah. this Christmas season, if you really want to see us watch National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, let us know on Twitter, because we just want to, like, we want to know or that send there's... send an email, feedback at majorwatchpodcast.com. Anywhere. Let us know anywhere. We just want to know there's interest for it. If yeah. we see that you guys really, really want, like, us to do this, then absolutely. We'll watch it. We'll put it up. We'll get the patreon going early whatever we'll We'll do something we'll put it up for free as a christmas gift um but let us know because i mean i've Mm. seen the movie problem number two 
I hate this movie. What? <laughs> That's madness. That is utter madness. And I knew this was going to start a conversation. That's madness. Um, yeah. So I really, really don't like National Lampoon. She speaks the bullshit. But I think that's a good thing because whenever I don't like a movie, the podcast is really interesting. And you know what? This would force me to pick apart and examine why I don't like it. And maybe the reason I don't like it is, is illegitimate. And I'll find on a closer watch that I do enjoy it. And it won't be torture when my dad puts it on every Christmas. Because that's the other thing. My whole family loves this movie. (laughs) Except maybe my mom. I don't think my mom really likes it. Oh, I adore that movie. Why is the carpet? <laughs> we <laughs> quote it all the time. Say gra- the blessing. The blessing. You know who that guy is, right? Every t- you know what? Every time he's on screen, my dad asks me the he's same the question. Professor from A Nightmare Before Christmas. Oh, he doesn't mean the same thing. I think he asks me a. Di- he might be asking me about the old lady. He's in instead. a ton. He's in a ton of. Oh, that old lady. She was the original voice of Betty Boop. That. Yep. yep. That's the factoid. Yep. That's the one I get. So next week on the show. We are going to do a movie by the guy who made a Christmas story. That's oh. who Bob Clark is. He wrote he wrote directed. another movie my family loves. We he, got my Aunt Kathy the leg lamp for Christmas one year. He directed a horror film called Black Christmas. And it's been remade a few times. We're seeing the nineteen seventy four version. So we're seeing this year we're gonna see Black Christmas and Violent Night. If we if we have time, yeah. All right. <laughs> it's gonna be a violent Christmas. It was between this and Gremlins for me. Oh, because Gremlins—that's another one people have been asking Gremlins about. Gremlins is my Christmas movie. I don't. I know everybody says Die Hard. Gremlins is my Christmas movie argument. You almost put it on the list, but then you wanted to do this instead. And you're like, Gremlins, you can because, do outside of Christmas. This you cannot. Yeah, I mean, Gremlins is just so goddamn good to me. I mean, I have the I have the little. Um, the little figurines of the Christmas Caroler Gremlins, and I set them up every year. That's, That's my nativity scene. <laughs> is the is, is caroling Gremlins? My nativity scene isn't really so much a nativity scene as it is a little town of gingerbread houses that I'm ever trying to expand. I'm starving. <laughs> <laughs> so next week on the show, we are going to get a little dark with Bob Clark's Black Christmas. <laughs> so it's horror, right? We it, said, oh, that. it's straight up slasher movie. All right. Set in a sorority house on Christmas Eve. I wonder, this will be an interesting experiment to see if I like slashers any more than I like horror. I mean, this is a, it's a rough customer. I'm going to say, there's some disturbing stuff in this movie. All right. But it's it's fun. It's a fun horror film. Let's do it. All right. Not right now. Until next time, I've been Adam Mock. I have been Melanie Weir. And we just made you watch. A podcast. Happy holidays, everyone. That was, once again, a terrible transatlantic accent. Like, I can't do it if I'm thinking about it. (laughs) Happy holidays, everyone. Happy holidays. 23 skidoo. (laughs) See you next time.